Welcome back to You Multicultural and Doc Talk Manitoba Project. This is your host, Jyoti Kalsi, and I have Dr. Denise Ko again with me in the studio here. Dr. Denise Ko is the Chief Occupational Medical Officer at Workplace Safety and Health Manitoba. Welcome again, and thank, thank you for you. taking out the time. Yeah, my pleasure. I'll give you a few minutes again to introduce yourself and give our viewers a little bit of an introduction about you. Sure. Um, so I'm Dr. Denise Coe, uh, the Chief Occupational Medical Officer, or COMO for short, um, and that position is out of Workplace Safety and Health, which is part of the Government of Manitoba. Um, I have another role, which is also a Medical Officer of Health, which is out of Population and uh, Public Health, um, which is also out of Government of Manitoba with Manitoba Health. Um, and seniors care. So um, throughout the pandemic, I've been focusing mainly on workplace COVID work. Um, so that's really um, issues related to the workplaces, um, employers, workers, you know, really trying to, to um, maintain that uh, health and safety of workers, um, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, so I've been working on a lot of guidances and tools to help workplaces assess their workplace and, you know, deal with clusters and cases of, you know, COVID in their workplace, right. um, dealt with a lot of um, issues with uh, higher risk workplaces and work settings. Um, so, and also managing a lot of the, you know, public health management of, you know, clusters and outbreaks within uh, workplaces. So quite a number of different things. It's yes. been a mixed bag. Yes. Thank you very much for doing all that you have done you. during this entire year and have been doing now because the, although the race is already won but we are still in the last edge of that yeah. and we still need to cover that so thank you very much so today's episode we're gonna focus on more the vaccinations for people higher at risk and minority communities mm -hmm. so the question that we always get is like you know now that the immigration is getting relaxed again people are coming in so what do you have to say for the new immigrant or somebody who is a new foreign temporary worker who are not vaccinated and are a little bit reluctant to get vaccine yet. Okay. Which, but yeah. I would think would be a concern regardless because you can't mm -hmm. enter until you're vaccinated. But right. uh, like, what do you have f more information for them keeping in because their country rules might be different. Once you come in Canada, it's totally different. Like, what do you sure. want to say to them? Um, well, what we found in our Manitoba data is that um, uh, people who identify as BIPOC, so uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color, okay. um, as well as lower socioeconomic status, okay. um, are actually associated with uh, increased risk of getting COVID infections, as well as increased risk of having severe disease or death from getting COVID infection. Okay. So, and that's compared to you know white Manitobans. Okay. So, you know, that's an important um, piece of information to know, and also to know that our data was consistent with other jurisdictions jurisdictions across the world. And, and in Canada, okay. so it's not we're not unusual in that in that um, aspect. Right. Uh, so I think that part is important, and there's even that much more of a risk and a reason to get vaccinated right. um, if you belong to, uh, you know, if you identify as a you know BIPOC, BIPOC person. Community. Yes. Um, so I think you know that's um, probably the main thing is that's even the most reason for you to get vaccinated and for your, you know, to get your uh, loved ones vaccinated as well. So what factors do you think are playing in making those BIPOC communities more vulnerable to this infection? 
Uh, well, basically, there's, you know, if we're looking at uh, workers and workplaces, uh, there's a number of uh, factors and issues that increase the risk um, to, you know, BIPOC workers. So uh, people who um, are uh, identify as BIPOC um, are more likely to have multiple jobs and have less job security, right. Right. Um, which does increase the risk because they're exposed to, you know, more people and more contacts right. than maybe somebody who is not BIPOC. Mm -hmm. um, they're more likely to carpool or um, use public transit. Um, carpooling was a big um, risk factor that we've really found in a lot of our clusters and outbreaks. Um, mm -hmm. So there was, that was a, a big transmission event, uh, you know, carpooling. Okay. Um, so, you know, they're also BIPOC individuals are more likely to be in uh, critical or essential worker positions where um, they're not able to, uh, you know, work remotely. Right. Um, and so that also increases the risk. Um, and then there's other um, factors that increase the risk as well that aren't specifically related to the workplace or, or their work, um, but are still important, um, you know, aspects to why, you know, why they're at a higher risk. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, well, overall, uh, people who are, you know, BIPOC um, are more likely to live, work and socialize together. So that right. all increases their risk um, because of that exposure to, you know, multiple people. Right. Uh, they're more likely to live in multi-generational homes and experience overcrowding. Um, right. So the, again, that uh, increases that risk. Um, they're also uh, more likely to be new Manitobans or immigrants, um, have a lower socioeconomic status, which also increases the risk, um, and also face uh, sometimes structural uh, disadvantages, barriers, you know, to access to health care and services, which includes right. vaccine. Right. So all of these things together um, really increase that risk and mm -hmm. is more of a you know onus for somebody who is BIPOC to right. get vaccinated because right. that's the best protection that they can have. Yeah and I can very well relate with that right mm -hmm. considering my parents are here they're mm -hmm. visitor immigrants yeah. and all of a sudden you think that they don't have a health card and they can't get vaccine. But luckily I got the information, you know, mm -hmm. you try to find out how they can get it, right? So that's a good point. Why I mentioned that is, you know, although some people may have their parents who may not be permanent resident or don't have a health card, but thanks to Manitoba government or overall, I would say, uh, they're offering vaccines to everybody because they want to yeah. make sure that everybody has that so that we can protect not only ourselves but everybody around us right so that's yeah. a big key factor in it that mm -hmm. you know uh, we should get the right information and also uh, with the cultural uh, differences that BIPOC communities have it does yeah. play a role in it yeah, so sure. what do you think how can we protect the BIPOC communities or increase the awareness like what is mm -hmm. needed to be done that this is still the factor that is existing well, so the number one way to protect our BIPOC communities is to get as many people as possible vaccinated within that community. Right. Best way, bar right. none, the best way to protect that community. Right. Um, in terms of increasing awareness to get to that stage, right. um, you know, it's important uh, for us to ensure that we have the proper resources. Um, so that might be, you know, um, you know, educational materials um, and information that's translated in the in the proper language, languages. Yeah. Um, you know, overcoming some of those barriers right. um, to the care or to the access. So that might mean um, having vaccine clinics in an ethnocultural community center, for instance, or some other uh, place where um, people of that ethnocultural community, you know, 
can go, you know, go feel comfortable yeah. and go there. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, those are important things. I mean, there's other things too. Incentives is an important thing. So, right. you know, consider things like transportation because that has been a problem mm -hmm. uh, for some people to get to the vaccine site. Right. Um, Childcare, um, you know, that might be something to consider um, an offer. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think one of the really important ones is, is really to have um, you know, champions in that community. So, exactly. you know, healthcare champions, but also just community leaders, yes. um, really getting that information out, you know, spreading the word as to why they're vaccinated, right. um, dispelling that misinformation, um, mm. and even, you know, helping, you know, if they know somebody or a group of people who aren't able to get there, maybe, uh, you know, facilitating getting exactly. that. You yes. know, getting a bus or something and getting everybody together and getting vaccinated. So right. um, lots of things that can be done. Um, you know. Yes. So for we're sure. working on those things. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Those are very key points like, yeah. you know, uh, home childcare, getting mm -hmm. them transported to the place where they can get. Those yeah. are the key points. And some only small things like that sometimes get a, become a hurdle in somebody who do want to get vaccine. Right. Other than that, the misinformation, somebody like a leader that you mm -hmm. mentioned who can help spreading the right information and mm -hmm. get that out and clarify that question. And this is what this Doc Talk series is all about. Mm -hmm. Get those answers questions. So another one uh, that I want to cover is the mandatory vaccination part. Like okay. why, again, I mean, this is a simple question, but again, there are some people who still need to hear it. Mm -hmm. Why do we all need to get vaccinated, right? Coming from you, I think would make a difference, right? Sure. Um, well, it's important for everyone who's eligible for the vaccine to get vaccinated. Um, mm -hmm. Really what it does, the vaccine, the vaccines are so effective that it, it helps protect, um, you know, and prevent that infection. So it protects the individual getting vaccinated, but it also um, helps protect the people around them. So it's really important for the, you know, the highest number of us, the most people possible within, you know, a population or group to get vaccinated um, because it does afford that immunity for the whole group. Um, you know, you know what we call herd immunity. Right. Um, so it really does decrease uh, the ability for the virus to circulate because you know, the people are protected. Right. So the more people are protected, there are some individuals in a group who can't get vaccinated, you know, for whatever medical, re you know, or whatever reasons. And so, you know, having more people around them that right. are protected does protect that person who can't get that vac vaccine. Definitely. So very important to, for everybody to get the vaccine. Definitely. Yeah. And what area or places would require the mandatory vaccines, you think? Um, well, you know, so what we have right now is a mandated testing program. Okay. So uh, whereby, you know, workers who are not able to provide proof of full vaccination, right. they, they must undergo uh, you know, the regular testing to ensure that they're not bringing the, you know, infection into the, the workplace. And how uh, soon is that? Like, after what time period do they need to get that test? Like, just once? No, it would be a regular testing. Okay. So for somebody who's who's not able to provide that proof of vaccine, vaccine status, right. um, you know, they would potentially have to, let's say if they're a full-time worker, they might have to get undergo testing up to three times a week. Oh, wow. Um, okay. You know, to ensure that there's, you know, to right. help to ensure that there's, um, you know, the lowest risk possible of bringing the infection into the workplace. Right. Um, but right now, we, you know, we don't fully have that. Okay. Um, but we also did make those recommendations to employers to follow our lead. So, I mean, there might be employers out there who might, um, you know, mandate vaccines or do mandated testing programs or something like that. So, if, you know, in those situations, those workers would then need to be, you know, Vaccinated, vaccinated or follow whatever the uh, policies are right. in that workplace. Right. Uh, so could you discuss about the development of healthcare industry 
based on a safety program? Sure. So industry-based safety programs um, are basically, uh, they're industry or sector specific. Um, And they're basically programs that provide, you know, health and safety in the workplace resources and training to their organization. So to, you know, that association. So for instance, Mm -hmm. we have you know, one for, you know, heavy construction. Right. We have one for agriculture, you know, uh, ag- um, manufacturing, transportation. Um, and currently we don't have one uh, or we haven't had one for healthcare. Um, you know, which was one that we really, you know, it's great yes. that we have, but we really needed it. Right. Um, and so now one is being created um, for that. And I've been involved with some of the consultations around that. So okay. awesome. Yeah. Like, what do you think the main goal of that program is to achieve is? Uh, well, really, the main goal is to you know provide the sector specific resources, okay. um, you know, training sometimes, and potentially also accreditation of the of the employers within that program. Okay. Um, so really, just to improve the health and safety of the workers in that industry, because right. every industry has like different you know risks um, that are involved with that particular you know industry or sector. So um, it makes sense to have. Uh, resources that are specific to that and, and sort of look specifically at the risks related to, to that industry. Right. So okay. it's just a way of really improving, improving the health and safety of those workers. Perfect, yeah. Um, I want to end the session with one big question that everybody has, although we are sitting at six mm-hmm. feet apart, and but, you know, people still feel like, I have vaccination, mm-hmm. um, I do have double doses, <laughs> why I am asked to wear the mask again? Because I know... A few weeks ago, we were told no mask, it's your choice, but then all of a sudden it was mandated again. So, like, what do you think, why this mask is still required for even the double-dose people? So, the the fully vaccinated people still, it's, you know, no vaccine or treatment is 100% effective. Um, You know, we have very highly effective, so, you know, greater than 90%, so very good. uh, prevention of COVID infection and also severity of disease um, and also minimizes the transmission. So if you were doubly vaccinated, um, you are less likely to um, transmit the infection to somebody else. So you can still get the infection, get the infection um, yeah. but you're less likely, if you do get it, to uh, you know, have a severe illness. So you're more likely to have a mild illness and you're less likely to transmit it to others around you. Um, But again, you know, so they're very effective, but not 100%. Um, So really masks and other control measures are still very important because, you know, we're at that point where we have to do everything we can to to lower that risk. Um, And masks do play an important part of it as well. Um, particularly for the those that are not vaccinated. Yeah, so I do see precaution is better than cure being applied here very yeah. well, which is, I guess, has been saving mm-hmm. us, right, since since this all started. So yeah. I would say it doesn't hurt to be more precautious, right? Yes, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, doctor, again, for taking the time to share mm-hmm. every piece of that valuable information because this is this is what we need to hear right now. This is what our viewers need to know so that we can encourage people to get the vaccines, those who are left. I know yeah. the numbers are increasing, which is a good news. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to take a moment to thank Manitoba government and doctors Manitoba, who do offer great help to all the doctors and physicians in offering incredible service to all the Manitobans. Stay tuned with You Multicultural and DocTalk Manitoba Project for more information about COVID-19 vaccine. Thank you.